Welcome to the Healthy Church Growth Podcast. Welcome to the Healthy Church Growth Podcast, where we believe that healthy things grow and growth means life. I'm Justin Price, the co-host. I'm here with the head co the head host, <laughs> the host with the most. Yeah. Mike Mage. Mike, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. That is funny. Co-host, head co-host, main co-host. Hey, a co-host is a co-host. We're we're in this thing together, man. Come on. Don't show yourself. This okay. is yeah, we're okay. in this together. This is a joint venture. We're doing this together. Uh, but I, I, I'm doing well, and um, I'm super excited about this conversation uh, that we are having with Chris and Mary Cootie, um, who, uh, you know, we, actually Tampa natives themselves, um, just like you and me, and uh, have have gone off to do some incredible things together. Um, and we really thought, you know, that this would be a great conversation to have, uh, a really great perspective to have. And uh, Justin, I feel like our conversation started in one way, and we were kind of we, we kind of wanted it to to go one way, and then just through our conversation, it started going in, in a different direction. What what did you think about this conversation we had? That's and that's really the recipe for our best podcast, Mike. Isn't it? <laughs> like, the best ones we have do that. And the thing, the thing about this conversation with Chris and Mary that was so cool, you know, Mike, we we kind of intro in, introed into this thinking like we want to talk to them because we really can't imagine doing ministry on staff with our wives. You know, yep. we were like we were both talking like that just wouldn't work, right? You know? My, my wife would definitely kill me if she had to <laughs> my staff with me at a church. Um, your wife probably wouldn't Mike, because you're nicer than me, but she'd be passive aggressive though for you to so imagine. <laughs> yes. And, and so we were like, well, sure. You know, Chris is going to have all the secrets, you know, how do you make this thing work? Mary's going to tell us that she's an incredible servant and she washes his feet every, every morning. <laughs> and that, obviously that's the way this works. Um, and it, they really flipped the this, this script on us. And um, I think I took away one of the most meaningful interviews um, that we have ever done because he talked about seeking after God's will. When you know there's something that you're supposed to be doing, you can feel it in your heart, but being patient enough and waiting on God's timing and how incredible it is when it actually comes to play. So I'm not going to unpack what exactly it is and how it all is. You have to listen to the interview uh, with Chris and Mary Cootie. Check them out. Uh, an incredible couple, super cool. And uh, I know you're going to get a lot out of this podcast interview. Let's flip it over to them now. wonder if, if balance is actually the thing we're looking for. Is balance a myth when it comes to ministry and family? Because it's, I think it's all the same. My kids are at church all the time with me sure. and and church is where we work and church is where we attend and we have community and we praise God. And I also get a paycheck from, and I also have stress from, and I can't not take that home. Yeah. And I don't talk about work when I don't talk about church. Right. <laughs> uh, and so it's just, is balance the thing that we're after or is, is the idea, this holistic approach that what we do is ministry. It's who our family is. It's what, it, if God's called me to it, he's called her to it. And he's called my oldest son to it and my youngest daughter to it. Like sure. he's called us all to it. So that, I think that's the thing that we, we didn't know how to articulate when we first got married. 
And it was this futile attempt of coming home and saying, well, I hear that balance is the thing and I can't talk about work when I'm at home, but when I don't talk about work, I'm talking about church. Like it's that that's a fleeting thing that you're never going to get. And maybe the better thing is how do we, how do we make our family holistically wrap around this idea of mom and dad work at church and yeah. this is where we go to church. And there's some things that you can do, you know, for example, for our kids, where we are now, we've got three services on the weekend where we were before we had eight services on the weekend and do our kids go to all eight of the kids services? Sure. <laughs> no. And maybe that's, maybe that's balance. Yeah. But I, I just think finding that, that happy medium between trying to define it and, and chase balance. And really it's how do we talk about family, church, work? Cause it's all kind of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and as far as church and home, it is all one entity for us because we are the church. And so for us, we never looked at it separately. We've never looked at it as this is, this is work and this is home. In this situation, we breathe, we live it when we're at work and when we're at home and we talk about it because that's our purpose. Um, and so some people may disagree. Some people may think it's unhealthy for us to bring all that home, but we are constantly in this creative mindset. God is constantly speaking to us about what we do at the church, um, because we are the church and it's a living, moving, breathing organism that's constantly going. And so you're going to take that home with you. And so the beautiful part is whether I work with Chris or not, we're constantly working together in that. But now that we do work together, it just gives us, um, for me personally, when I, all 36 years before I was not on staff and I didn't need a title or position necessarily um, to be able to breathe life into something. But I did notice um, that it did kind of stunt my authority and, and position, it, it limited, it limited really what I could do. Sure. Um, and that really goes for any place you work, whether you work in the church or you work in the business world. Um, and so now there, now that we're together, I don't, I, there's just this freedom. I don't feel any, um, I don't feel I don't feel any, what's the word I'm looking for? Restraint? Yeah, any restraints. Any two-step authentication? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a bad, that's a bad joke. Bringing Out it back. Context. Yeah. I like it. Well, hey, well, but before we dive in and, yep. and maybe and unpack that a little bit, uh, yeah. since we're all recording, I might as well just start the intro here. Um, and, that, and that's all <laughs> wonderful. Go. But joining us today here uh, on the Healthy Church Growth Podcast is Chris and Mary Cootie. Right? Is that how we say it? Cootie. That is it, Mike. There's you don't even try another option. It's the worst circle, possible circle option. Circle circle dot dot. <laughs> now you got your cutie shot. It was the most fun last name oh to have gosh. in elementary school. You know what? I so so my last name is Mage and the amount of people that mispronounce it is insane. And like it, it is it's easy. Like it, it's very it's four letters, similar to you guys. Yeah. Um Majid Maj Majay. Yeah, trying to like throw some. What are what are some like weird pronunciations cutie. that you guys have gotten? Yeah, it's over been the cu- years? it's been cutie, which or is cutty. Yeah, cutty. I had one guy come to the house deliver something, and I he said, you know, they ask you for your last name. Yeah, he's got to write it down. I said it's it's K U T I. It's cutie. No, I said it's K U T I. I didn't. I, that's normally how I have to do. It. I just spell it so I don't say it. And it's K U T I. He goes. He looks up. He goes. Wait, are you kid Cuddy? And I was like. <laughs> Bro, have you seen Kid Cuddy? No. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. Go ahead, YouTube it. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> You'll understand. I'm not. And so <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. It, uh, there, it's, been, it's been everything. I always say the worst day with that last name was the first day of a new school year in yeah. elementary school because the teacher's Aww. reading through the roll and she's like surely this kid's last name isn't cootie so she gives you every <laughs> other option and then you have to correct her in front of strangers your peers yeah the worst wow. possible option so that's that's funny i never thought about that the the <laughs> instead <laughs> of her saying it uh you have to actually say it and correct it yeah because it's like a double thing that makes yeah, sense it's like it's like uh chris kutai <laughs> no it's cootie and then all that you know you know, you hear kids just lose it. So. That's incredible. It's, it's what people call me now. So Mike, <laughs> Mc, Mike McGee, you can call sure. me Cootie from here on out. You got it. I got you. Um, <laughs> well, My, well, Mike, have you thought about changing your – because McGee or Magie or Magie, yeah. Yeah. it all sounds more fancy. I don't know if you've I, thought about changing it. I feel like that's the implicit – like thing that people are trying to say is like surely you're more cultured than mage. Yeah, you know no, it's mage. It's mage. It's gotta be sage, a mage. Sage, mage. Magi. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> just go with it. No, it keeps me humble. That's what right, yeah. Chris. It keeps you humble. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, good mess the podcast. Um, <laughs> so we have derailed. Uh, join us. Obviously, we're here with Justin, and um, I. Uh, I'm so excited you guys are on. And um, you know, one of the things that one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because you are obviously, you know, you're a married couple doing ministry together. And uh, before we, again, before we dive more and more into that, uh, mm -hmm. I'd love to kind of get some background onto who you are, Chris, and who you are, Mary, maybe how you guys actually got to the place that you're at right now. So what's like wow. a little bit of the backstory? How long is this podcast? I know. You want it's history. You, start, you kick it off and I'll kind of wrap around okay. fill it in yeah yeah we met actually in high school I was in ninth grade and he was in 10th grade and we started a youth band and we, we were, were horrible we were horrible <laughs> but we were star. yeah we were good friends and long story short we ended up dating when he went to college and I was a senior and we've been together ever since I picked so, up a guitar is what happened yeah he did pick up a guitar <laughs> yeah because I've been, been there the whole time the whole time <laughs> he was a drummer we didn't know he could sing and so he was yeah. a drummer and then we started I was a singer and then we started leading worship together once we found out he could sing long story short and yep. so that was we've been together for a long time for a long time married in 2006 um, had a nice little CCM artist run um, but we had no idea how to be husband and wife yeah. yeah. and let alone me be gone 200 days a year and you know Jesus said if your right arm causes you to sin cut it off or if your Christian industry job causes you to sin, cut it off. And so we got healthy uh, in 2011. We moved to Oklahoma City. I took this Florida girl to a landlocked Tornado Alley state. <laughs> and uh, we we spent and we raised all three of our kids were born in Oklahoma City. We had the opportunity of being on the team at Life Church, and just so grateful yeah. for those nine years. But but probably the last three years, God's just been stirring in us really the subject and the topic of this podcast today, the idea of doing ministry together. And we were serving in some capacity together, leading worship together at Life Church, but the idea of us really shaping the culture on staff, side by side together, just wasn't possible there. And so through some healthy conversations with leadership, we just found ourselves in this place, man, I think we're going to have to walk away from this place that we love, that we never thought mm -hmm. we'd ever leave. And then the pandemic happens yeah. <laughs> and you jump, thing. you jump yeah. without a net 
where do we go? We didn't have anything lined up. We had honoring conversations. We didn't have another thing lined up. It was, we just feel like this is what God wants us to do and he's going to provide for us. And so we did. Pandemic happens. And here we are in Dallas. Uh, we're at an amazing church called Lake Point. Um, a story church, a lot of great influence um, in a really interesting and amazing time. A transition of senior leadership, senior pastor retiring and passing the baton to a guy who's our age. Hmm. And so we just see this longevity yeah. built on this bedrock of just great health and great um, just great history. And we get to kind of start from the ground up yeah. together building this worship culture. Um, and we're having a blast doing it. We really are. That's super cool. Um, well, I'd love to, to, so, uh, Mary, did you serve on the team it, uh, with Chris at Life Church as just like a volunteer? Absolutely. I did. Yeah. So we were there for nine years. I served all nine years with him. Uh, I I've, mean, almost, almost every <laughs> weekend, except when she had to give birth to a baby yep. and then she was back the next <laughs> and weekend. And then I was back literally. the next weekend. <laughs> literally. That's even a whole then, different come on, where's your loyalty? You know, yeah. come I on, know. This, honestly, yeah. I would have been there. She would have been there. Chris was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're running on like two hours of sleep and I'm running on three. Just... <laughs> well, okay. Well, that's, um, that's incredible. And uh, I feel like, um, you know, because you guys are from the Tampa Bay area, right? We or at are least... 813. Yep. 813 all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, where, that's where we quarantined, literally. Oh, so really? Most of the time we were there, yeah. That's where we met in Tampa. I'm born and raised. All my family lives in Tampa. Um, that's where we met at a church in Tampa. It's mm -hmm. actually Temple Terrace. Yeah. Um, right by USF. And so that's where we met. That's where pretty much all of our immediate family lives in Tampa. Awesome. So. And then and then your family, what was your family, your kids? How many kids you have? And what does that look like? We've got three kids. Oldest just turned seven. His name's Liam. Judah is five. And then Liliana is two fun times it's yeah, a loud nice and, house nice and busy <laughs> exactly right. hence this is why we're locked in our bedroom yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just so that you have some context mike and i are 727 so we uh we were growing up just okay. across the bay yeah. from You're you guys Pete. yeah across yeah. the bay literally. okay so so we picked it up here right right when we're beginning sort of talking about almost what what is the 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 myth of balance already you know and i mm -hmm. even as someone so you know my my background as far as like you know working as a worship leader you know very similar to you guys uh, I, I would imagine positionally within the church um is my wife is um musically challenged um and th that's her words not mine um so <laughs> we we probably wouldn't end up on the platform together, you know, be it at whatever capacity, at whatever level of church, like that's just not, she's, she's an amazing woman. She serves, um, in a lot of different areas, uh, but she just, that's not her thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it just, it fascinates me, like the, the husband and wife being able to lead worship together. Um, <clears throat> I just, so let's, let's talk a little bit about like, the, so we talked a little bit about balance between work and home. Yeah. What about like the tensions uh, that you all feel um, or maybe don't feel? Um, maybe what that's tensions? not a great. <laughs> no. Let's are talk there, about it. Are let's there tensions? Let's, say, let's start there. Um, and not to, I'm not trying to work. Let's not work like, like I don't want to work out problems or whatever, but I just mm -hmm. like, I, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying we like to, to keep imagine. it very real. <laughs> so. What's that? Say that again. I said we like to keep it very real. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no filter. Um, no filter here. Good. Good. Um, well, I just like how do you how do you manage maybe some tensions that arise or what are maybe some tensions that do arise, especially that you have kids. Like I would imagine even just from like a practical 
like viewpoint, there has to be some sort of tensions that need to be managed being mm-hmm. not just working together, but doing ministry together in any capacity. Yeah. I would start off by saying with first recognizing not everybody is a Chip and Joanna Gaines. And yeah. so <laughs> I don't want anyone ever to feel any shame because a lot of people do compare themselves to us and maybe they both are musically gifted or they're sure. not or whatever. You're in ministry and, and if it's not your calling, don't try to squeeze yourself yeah. into it. Yeah, For good. us, this, this works. It didn't work very well the other way. When, when we weren't working together, there was a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Now that we are working together, there is such a freedom and such a peace. I feel like whatever we do is limitless. Before, we were trying to jump through hoops, uh, figure out how we could get through policies or procedures so that right. we could do stuff together. Um, whereas now, it's we have complete freedom. And so as far as tensions, we just work really well together we really do communicate we both think very much the same um if you're an enneagram person we are actually both three wing twos which made for a very interesting first few years of marriage it absolutely because <laughs> did. we didn't have the enneagram as a tool had we had that as a tool i think it would have solved a lot of problems yeah sure. we were both in competition we're with both each other showboating for at each all, other at all times but <laughs> now neither, neither one of us were impressed <laughs> but now <laughs> we've learned how to work that out together um And so all of that to say for us right now in this season that we get to work together, I feel a ton of the tensions have resolved. Like they've solved their, them, the problem. Yeah, there still are some. And so practically, you know, if you're, if you're trying to figure out, are we a chip and Joanna Gaines to use that, (laughs) which I love that analogy, by the way. Um, you know, I think some of them, uh, and this is just speaking from experience, uh, I, early on, I did not know how to encourage my wife in those giftings. I didn't know how to speak those words of encouragement, mm-hmm. but I was really good at speaking it to people that weren't my wife who I wasn't going home with. Cause I just, I think when you're so close in a relationship, you just assume that they know what you're thinking and how you're thinking about their gift. Totally. And you would never do that with somebody that works for you. Right. And so I was really careful at speaking encouragement to those that worked for me because I wanted them to continue to work for me. But she's still going to be there. She's still going to wake up next to me. It's going to be fine. She knows that I think the world of her, she wouldn't be next to me. And so that's enough and it doesn't suffice. And so you have to speak encouragement. And so that's a possible tension if you don't manage it quickly. Yeah. I think the other thing, and it's real, it is nepotism. Nepotism is a, is a thing. It is, you know, does she get more opportunity because she's my wife? Yeah. And if you're not careful to put people around that see her gifting who are over you, who see it just as much as you do and call it out of her, along with you calling it out of her, you'll just look like the guy who's giving your wife every opportunity to sing. Maybe she doesn't deserve it. And so you have to be really real with that together. Is like, hey, is this opportunity the best for you or do we need to give that to somebody else? And is there somebody else who's also speaking into her gifting and vice versa, no matter, you know, wife, husband, whatever. Um, And then I just, I I think the other thing is you got to learn how to give feedback. Well, Mm -hmm. Um, again, back to the spouse thing. If I just say that wasn't good, is that enough? (laughs) (laughs) And the answer is no, because you would ne- you would never say that to somebody that's not your spouse who works for you. Right. right. You would couch that feedback. You would give it at the appropriate time. 
with the appropriate amount of, you know, you would, you would sandwich that negative feedback with some positivity. Yeah. Um, you would speak life into that person and not just, no, fix it. You would, you would speak differently to somebody who's not your wife. Yeah. And so you've got to learn that, how to manage that tension. I still need to give her feedback. She still needs to be able to tell me, Hey, what you said there didn't make sense. Right. But she needs to give me that feedback in a way that I would receive it just like I would if I worked for her. Yeah. That's a, and that's actually a great point because I think that was a big struggle in the beginning years <laughs> of working it out is we we just relied on one another, not so much like this is our job. Let's you know, we would just be like, Oh yeah, he can do it or he would be like, Yeah, Mary, oh, we gotta do this like podcast today um sorry I forgot to tell you about it but you know <laughs> instead of you know you would never do that with somebody at work you know would sure. you prep them you know whatever the case may be but in the beginning years that was definitely a struggle where he would or I would just kind of maybe lean on one another just because of who they were rather than help support them yeah. and I think give the, them undergirding, the, best the undergirding theme of all those tensions is assumption I you've got to work you, yeah. you've <laughs> got to work you've got to work really hard at eliminating assumption yeah just because that person's waking up next to you tomorrow just because they know you for decades does not mean that you can circumvent the normal qualities of leadership yeah and the qualities of just being a great team player it happened to us you know just over christmas i assume that she didn't need to line or run a song because we had, you know, consecutive days of Christmas Eve services and we had ran it already like 16 times before and we walk up and, and she walked into line checks and I was like, okay, we're good. And she's like, ah, oh, no, I'd like to actually run my song a little bit. I would never, I would, if anybody else was leading, I'd be like, hey, do you, are you good? Do you want to run your song? It's a new I would day. Have, I would have asked her that. We haven't you checked know? our mics. Yeah. So that was it. We had to pause and say, hey, wait, that's a, that's an assumption. Why did you assume that I didn't need to check? Yeah. Would you? Should you have asked me? Yes, I should have. I, I bowed down and I asked for apology. <laughs> <laughs> she accepted. That's why we're here today. Well, I think that this, that's all like so good. I feel like, because I, I think you're right. The, the thing that gets us into the most trouble with anything is that assumption. Um, and especially like in, in almost a unintentional way because it feels like you all are, are relatively humble people and I, you know to be a good leader like you there there is a certain level of humility and you assume like at least for me when when assumptions come into um to be a problem especially with the the people that i love or the people that i'm close to i think well well if i'm okay because i'm so close to them then mm -hmm. they must be okay yeah um and that's usually it, it's always worth it to have the ask, you know, to say like, Absolutely. are you okay with this? You know, or, or asking some sort of question, whatever, uh, to be a hundred percent clear on something. So that's, that's a really great. good, um, just marriage advice. <laughs> Period. <laughs> well, also, uh, bowing down and asking for admitting that you're wrong and asking for forgiveness. That's also the, the main success recipe I heard there. Yeah. And marriage advice uh, 2.0 is when you ask for forgiveness, don't just say, I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry because. Like yeah. that. I'm sorry for. What did you do? Yeah. yeah. Having to say it. Seriously. It, it's, it's to hear yourself say, hey, I'm sorry. Like in that, in that line check incident. Yeah. Hey, Mary, I'm sorry for assuming that you were good and not valuing what was important to you. Yeah. And that, that's your confidence in that moment. I'm sorry for that. Will you for, right. forgive me? And that just hearing that is like, oh my God, I would never throw anybody up there. 
on a new day with a new service and just say, go, hope you don't suck. Sure. I would not, I would never do that. Yeah. And so will you forgive me? So yeah, that, yeah. marriage advice. <laughs> did, did you guys <laughs> know you're running a marriage podcast? <laughs> <laughs> for all That's the, the listeners who are yeah. joining in right now, we, you're here with marriage counseling with yeah. Chris yeah. and Mary. <laughs> We're both certified counselors. <laughs> yes. The holiday we, we could just go home after that. If everybody would just apply that principle right there, yeah, uh, they'd exactly. be miles ahead. Right. Yeah, the, the marriage podcast is going to be called Cootie Shot. Um, <laughs> with... Hit me with your best shot. Yeah, That's exactly. Uh-huh. Let's license the song. It'll be yeah. perfect. That sounds good. It's worth it. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's cheap. Um, okay. Uh, well, that's okay. So what, another thing I wrote down too here is, you know, I, I was thinking about tension, um, you know, in, in like a very traditional uh, sense, you know, like there's some sort of conflict or whatever. But Chris, and, and what, what you were kind of saying was, which is really cool, was the tension I didn't even think about. Um, and it comes from seemingly like a fairly open, communicative, healthy relationship is sort of the nepotism thing that you were talking about um, is the tension between sort of protecting, um, you know, your partner, your spouse, your whoever, you know, the this person that you are relationally linked with. Uh, protecting them, but also being able to encourage them mm-hmm. um, and figuring out ways to, because to me, that's like, that's like 3.0. Like that's, that's a, that's, that's a couple moves uh, that you've planned out on the chessboard, um, knowing that like we have to surround, not only do I have to like, yes, protect you, not only do I have to encourage you, but like we also have to build around us people who can trust us uh, and trust, you know, you, whoever to, um, that you are actually gifted and, and like valued in this position. Yes. Um, that's super important. I mean, how did super you guys, important. how are you able to, to like seek that out? I mean, or, or did you seek that out? Well, yeah, it's, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the story of, of why we ended up leaving Life Church was uh, for the policy was us being on staff together at the same location on the same team wasn't a thing. And it's just like the disclaimers on any package you get. Sure. Don't stick your finger in the electrical socket, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, duh. But yeah. it's there because somebody did it. Right. <laughs> Policies and warnings are there because it. there was probably a, a day when it just didn't work and it blew up and it was a bad thing. Right. Does that mean that it's not possible now? And does that mean that it's not possible with the right people? Right. And so we were asking that question, and leadership was too. It was a, a very healthy conversation of like, okay, I, as Live Church, I think we're in the place where that's just not how couples working together means you're going to be at one campus, and Chris, you're going to be at another, and that's how it's going to be here. Yeah. Okay, not bad, just different from what we were called to do. And so when we started walking out, what we really were trying to protect was, hey, we want to be in a house going forward, the future of where we're going to serve where that's a tension to manage. We yeah. understand it. You can't just assume that it's going to work. But we want to be in a house where they see the giftings that Mary have, has, has, <laughs> and they see the gifting that I have. They see it as individuals, and they see it as together. together. Yeah. And no matter how hard it is, it's like, man, what Chris has is really good in that moment. But is it better if Mary's around? How do we make that happen? Sure. It's going to be hard, but let's figure it out. And just stepping into that tension and being okay with that. Yeah. And so I think as you're kind of, if if you're listening to this today and you're kind of navigating and maybe both you and your spouse, you just got married and 
You both feel this call to ministry and what's it supposed to look like leading together. I think you have to be solid in the truth that our leadership and the people that are our authorities over us, they're great at spotting the gifts in people. Yes. Mm. And they're okay with risk. Yes. Yeah. If you can answer both those questions, then I think you're in a healthy place to to walk out the discovery of that calling of how to do ministry together. Yeah. yeah. If they're not okay with risk and they're not okay with calling something out of somebody that's not technically on staff, then it's probably not the place for you to figure this thing out together. You've got to ask those questions and they're tough. Yeah. Um, but that was really, we really took our time as we prayed. I mean, we were, we didn't decide to come here until uh, July, end of July. So it was months of like conversation. And, and then the other thing was just trying to figure out reporting structure. Like I don't write her review at the end of the year. Right. <laughs> I, nor, nor should I. <laughs> right. I, should, exactly. I shouldn't say, hey, you're going to get a pay raise because you know, you're know <laughs> you my wife. Absolutely like, not. We need accountability. I, we yeah. have leaders who I trust for them to call out the giftings in Mary just as much as I, I trust myself to do that. And, sure. and I want to I go back to that because I think that is the key. If you are a husband and wife, maybe you're, you want to be a team. Maybe you feel, more importantly, you feel called to be a team. Um, maybe you're in the same ministry. Maybe you're not in the same ministry. What? Ever the situation may be, it's so, so important. You know, as Christians, we know what we carry. I mean, you know, you know what God's um, knit into your DNA. But our whole entire lives, Chris and I have been surrounded by pastors and leaders who when they look at us, when someone looks at you, they can fully see you from head to toe. Yeah. When you look down at yourself, you can only see about three-fourths of yourself. Sure. So when you you have to surround yourself with people that can fully see you from head to toe, who you are, and can see the parts that you do not see because those people help pull out the things in you that you don't even know are there yet. And right. the reason we are where we are today in ministry is because of that. We were surrounded by leaders and pastors who called things out of us that we didn't even know existed and were there. And we've been in both situations. We've been in healthy environments and we've been in very unhealthy environments. And I would just encourage any young leader, any married couple that you make sure that you surround yourself with people who see what God has called you to carry. And they not only see it, but they continue to pull it up and out of you. Yeah. Um, be- we had a good friend say, you're only as good as your leader thinks you are. Yeah. And that stuck with us for a long time. And I, I think as anybody listening is trying to figure out how do we do ministry together? What does that mean? Vocational, on a staff, together. What does that mean? Sure. You really have to begin to look, obviously, at, at yourself collectively and individually. Are we ready for this? Are we, are we assessing the risk? Do we know how to not assume? But then are you really evaluating those that lead you? Yeah. And are they able to call you both up together and individually? And then, you, then you'll probably be in the right recipe for this to work. Yeah. Without it, you're just going to be, there's going to be tension. That's probably sure. the best way to say it. Are there any are there any tips or other tricks other than than the not assum- assuming and apologizing um, that you guys have come up with that have helped make this be successful? So let's say I've got a leader who believes in me and my wife, my wife and I, and we feel good about it. We feel called, um, but I still have three kids that are two, seven, and five, and I'm 
trying to get them to church on Sunday, but like we're both leading worship and they're constantly unplugging cables on stage. Um, <laughs> and the tech director hates us. And then inevitably one of them's always sick and can't go into like any kind of chat. Like, have you guys come up with any kind of support when I think of when we, you know, we initially entered this conversation about balance, but I think the real thing we were talking about is like, how do you pull it off? Um, so any, any other like tips or support tricks for making that work, um, that you could even potentially like just save somebody 10 years of pulling their hair out. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You have to ask for help and you Mm. have to, you have to ask for help. I really struggled with that at the beginning. Uh, we moved to a city. We knew no one family was nowhere near close by. Um, we were at a church that we were up on, up at the church on the weekend for 20 hours. We did eight services um, with three small children. And so I had to ask for help. And it, it wasn't a burden. The burden was it was me being selfish, thinking that I had to do it all. And I was superwoman. That's yeah. just that was just um, going to drive me crazy. And so as soon as I opened that gate to say I need help, number one, it was available. Um, it was just the matter of me of setting down my pride and saying, I need help. And so here we are again, we're in a new city. I know no one, I don't have family. Um, and I, first thing, just lay down my pride and ask for help because it's readily available. And obviously trusting someone with your children, my goodness, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but the best advice that I could give is you just going to have to ask for help it's the only way it's possible practically on the weekend for us so say the scenario where we were you know at life church with eight services on the weekend on saturday we'd go up and that's when our rehearsals were we would go up our kids would come up with us but there'd be somebody there that would be watching the kids in the green room and they're just they're just they're with the kids we do we're not thinking about the kids at all they're still around us they're still yeah. able to kind of walk into rehearsal and see mom and dad but it's from a distance because our focus is on what we're doing Mm-hmm. And we literally don't think about them on Sunday morning or Saturday, Saturday night. And then Sunday morning comes and we've got another six services that day. Um, most of the times we would have a sitter come to the house and we would wake up and kind of go to church and do our thing. Um, we didn't have an early call cause we already had rehearsal on Saturday right. and they were at the church and then we'd come home for the break. And then that's when they would go to, to church was at night on Sunday night. So mm-hmm. if we had one or two services on Sunday night, they would go to class and maybe they'd sit through, you know, two kids services, but that's a lot better than eight. Right. And we're not, we're not putting an, an, uh, an unduly burden on the, the kids staff. Yeah. Right. Because our kids aren't going to be fun if they've seen the same thing eight times. <laughs> and, and, and so sure. Are there allowances that you have to make in your budget to be able to afford that if you do ask for help, but it's going to be, yeah, you know, but. Well, and even let me rewind with that. I mean, that wasn't really until we had our child number three that we started including paying somebody. I will tell you, there will be young girls in your church, um, older women, grandmothers that want to help. You just have to ask. You just Mm -hmm. have to put it out there. Ask some of the pastor's wives. Um, You just have to ask. We paid somebody one time, and she said, no, this is what I'm called to for you to be able mm. to do your ministry. Just let me do it. Yeah. Wow. And I just think what Mary said is so right on. Our pride gets in our way. Maybe it's our ego because we're looking like, oh, you know, your point is like, oh, we want to be the 
poster children of they can do it all. How do they yeah. do it with three kids? Right. You can't do it all. <laughs> yeah. Just shut up and ask for help. Go ahead and bow to that. <laughs> yeah, just bow to that. And ask forgiveness for that too. And just ask for help and don't assume. But you got to be strategic. But our kids, our kids liked coming uh, yeah. to church. They love church. Yeah. They love going to church. It's what we do. It's, and we're there to pick them up from class and they love it. And they, they get to experience things that no other kid, you know, they get to sit behind the drums and play, but it's at a balanced diet, you know, and they're not pulling <laughs> cables out, but you got to, you know. Yeah. And the first few years, it was always like a wife of the guitar player or a wife of the bass player, or she just wanted to come hang out up at the church and be yeah. with everybody. Yeah. And she would just sit in the back in the green room while we went and led worship. And then we'd come back and my all hang kids, out. My kids walking with me in the lobby and we're praying with somebody in the lobby and he's there with me. It's, yeah. it's just, it was kind of just a, it is just a, a constant thing that our kids are around, but we're doing it in a way that's allowing us to still focus on what we have to do. It's very rarely that they're in a rehearsal unmanned. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's bit us in the butt too many times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But at, there's... at the same time, finding that family balance, because that's what the church is, right? It's family. Right. And so we want our kids to know the ins and the outs mm-hmm. and, to see the the good and the ugly, um, obviously still protecting them, but family being a part of it was very important to us from the beginning. Yeah. Well, I do, I feel like too, and, you know, drilling down a little bit sort of back onto the the balance thing too, um, you know, now that kids are involved, so let's say, you know, there's a worship leader, husband, wife doing the thing, now they have kids involved, Um, you know, having the kids be able to see something that you're passionate about um, but also something that doesn't overtake you um, and, uh, you know, just like be this soul sucking thing, uh, you know, like I think that that's, that's just as important to teach, you know, about anything, even if they don't go into ministry at all, you know, like that's, they, they are allowed, they're being allowed to see that I can still be passionate about this. I can make this work for my family. Um, I can come at this from like a very healthy, responsible way, still love my family, have them be a part of this cool thing. Um, I don't know. That's just, that's a really cool picture to be able to paint for not just your kids, but maybe even the people around you, you know, the people who are watching your kids. Uh, It's an incredible thing. So um, it really is. And to go from being a stay at home mom, you know, since the kids now have been small for the last six years. And now this last year I stepped back into work, you know, Mm -hmm. that was a real concern. Like what are the children? I've been there for them all the time at all hours, but they, it's been so great for them. They've been able to just see a different facet, facet of our relationship and work. And they get to go to actually go to church at school School at church church, and they actually probably love it more, but (laughs) (laughs) they don't, they don't, they don't love it more than you, but they do love it. Here I was worried the whole time, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, um, Wrapping up here, uh, it's been incredible to talk to you guys. Um, you know, one thing that, like, I just I, I want to hit on just real quick, um, just sort of as we're coming to an end here. Like, I think it's really cool. Like, this is the first time you guys have worked together. I mean, you have experienced so much time. Um, I feel like, you know, it doesn't it from you know the stories that you're saying. I'm sure it's it's not everything. And you know, we're doing a quick flyby, and it, it seems like there's probably some trial by fire, some trial and error, uh, a lot of learning um, how this this all works. Um, I would love for you all, uh, just because you've been doing this for so long, and uh, maybe like what's some, what's just like um, an encouraging 
thing that maybe you could leave with, you know, like the people who are listening to this who want to, you know, have this team with their, their spouse or their partner, someone who they're uh, in close relationship with? Is there something like encouraging you guys can sort of leave them with? My encouragement for any young couple that has this dream and desire in their heart that they are called to work together is to do it. The mm. dream and desire has been put there by God and he will make a way for it. Now, as you've heard, there's it's looked different in different seasons. and But what I know to be true is that he's called us to do it together. And so sometimes we've had to work around policies and rules to make that happen. Um, and now we're in this season that it's encouraged and they're like, go for it. You guys do whatever you want. <laughs> um, I would just encourage you that don't let anything hold you back because if that's your purpose, what I always say, if I'd rather die than not live out my purpose. Sure. And so if I know that this is what I'm called to do, this is what we are called to do, then we're going to find a way to make it happen. And there have definitely been times that hasn't always looked like it does right now. There was a lot of jumping over hoops and, um, <laughs> climbing mountains to get here and there i'm sure there still will be but just do it just go after it yeah yeah and i think to to tag along on that i i think we have to get as leaders in general but i think it it gets increased the necessity is increased when you're working together with your spouse you have to be very very good at reading the weather here's Mm. what i mean by that seasons dictate actions. So today it's freezing and it's raining outside. And my wardrobe, my decisions, where we park, where we go, what I bring, what I have, how I prepare are determined by the season that we're in. And oftentimes I think in leadership, we walk out and we assume it's just going to be sunny and hot every day. (laughs) And we're surprised when it's freezing and wet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as leaders, as husband and wife, collectively working together what season are we in and there may be seasons where how you work together won't be the way that you think you need to work together in the future but it's winter dress like it yeah and so practically hey we got three young kids her working after you know popping up baby after baby after baby (laughs) it's not the right time to try to figure out how to work together yeah but Back, you know, early this year, we kind of started having the conversations of, hey, we're about to enter a season where all three of our kids are going to be in school. How do we need to dress? What do we need to do? What do our actions need to be based on the season that we're walking into? So good. And so just just get good at at adopting those conversations into your your daily, weekly, monthly rhythms as a family, as a spouse unit. Just say, hey, what season are we in right now? Are we trying to act like it's summer when it's winter? Mm, yeah. What season are we going into? And so assess where you are, assess where you want to be and what's coming. Um, but don't miss the just the, the clarity that that can bring in any relationship. I just, I, I got to say for anybody who is listening to this, what I hear from you guys is um, that, that God's put this desire in your heart, but that it has taken a long time to get to where you're at, where this can happen successfully. And, and I know that I'm thinking about like a lot of young 
women and men that are in ministry who feel called, they feel passionate, and they might even have that stirring to work. Like you guys have had that desire yeah. for a while, right? You said you talked yes. to Life Church for a long time about doing yep. this. And even through all that season, it wasn't really the right timing. Um, and all these things have come together through great mentorship and leadership, through you having to take some huge risk. Um, and, and I think the thing that I'm encouraged by by hearing both of your hearts in this is um, is the humility to say, like, we've worked really hard to get to the point where we're working together. And yeah. we haven't talked about how incredible it is to play with your spouse. Like the the ability to like play with a band is one of the greatest emotional connectivities to lead worship with a group of people, to play music with people. I mean, as musicians, you know, this is like one of the the most fun things we can share, um, hobbies or whatever, right? And so we could go on probably for a couple of hours about like how cool it is for you guys to be able to to riff off of each other, to play together, to do, to be doing the same thing, to be synchronized. Um, and that I feel like that's all kind of given, but what you guys haven't really just said is just how patient you've had to be, yeah. to be at this point. And you didn't force it and you guys didn't jump into it and you didn't like, you didn't quit at Life Church the first time. Like you worked to get mm-hmm. to that point um, yep. and to test and to see if it could happen. And, at the, and you also kept having freaking babies, which probably slowed down the process. <laughs> no, it did, so, it did. Yeah, we, yeah, one of the, one of the most recent conversations was before we were pregnant with our third, it was like, hey, is this is our time here kind of coming to an end because we have these dreams of writing a book and doing a record together. Are they possible here? And mm-hmm. it wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then comes Liliana. And I, I think what you said was so good. I don't want to minimize that because being patient, there was many times there were other uh, worship leader women who got the opportunity because they were on staff and I wasn't. And I, and I had to work that out within and myself. And I had to make that decision. <laughs> like, <laughs> and this is real. I mean, yeah. this is real. And yeah. being okay with that, like wanting to see other women and men succeed, and what God had called them to do, yeah. and and humbling myself, and and realizing mm. not every opportunity is for me. Mm. And I don't want to minimize that, and I don't want to minimize the risk because yeah. when we left, we left the an incredible church we yeah. left uh, an incredible community yeah. and we had nothing nothing <laughs> planned nothing and we had a family and a house yeah. and and we took a huge risk who does and that mary i, I don't know <laughs> but I, when you're living in your calling is it a risk though yes. you know? yeah and that's 100%. the thing if you're sure that god gave it to you and in and you're not just the only one who thinks that but other people are affirming that it's yeah. not it's a risk it was we a, see it in our mind as it was, now that wasn't really that big of a risk sure. but even yeah. then it was this is a risk but you knew it was right yeah it was like this doesn't make sense but i know it is right i'm not afraid mm. that we're not going to have a paycheck i'm not afraid <laughs> like where we're going to go like we were at complete peace yeah. and i know we talk about that and we know you know the bible talks about that but we truly were but i don't want to minimize that because a lot of the younger generation that I talk to that find themselves at this um, crossroads is all it takes is a pivot. A pivot mm-hmm. is a very small turn to take you in a different direction. And that's mm-hmm. all it takes. It's a pivot. And so we had to make a very small pivot to take us in a different direction. But it was exactly what we knew God yeah. was calling us to. Mm-hmm. And so I think to your point too, Justin, like the 
maybe we'll write a book one day called Paradox, but I think life is just full of them, right? Yeah. One of, one of them is, and for the young leader listening today, you think, man, maybe you think, I don't know, I'm not assuming because we talked about that earlier, <laughs> just for one. But maybe you're like, oh, I think they've got this figured out. This couple knows how to work together. They've, yeah. they've gone through all the trenches. I want that. And the, the, the paradox is you don't have as much time as you think you do. Yeah. Wow. And you have a lot more time than you think you do. Totally, man. And so we want we want this what, what we're working out right now, but the, people don't know it's it's taken us almost twenty years to get there. Yeah. It go look go look at IMDb at the newest hit actor and figure out when they got their break. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably like forty. Like some of these actors get their big like Oscar winning thing and they're fifty. Yeah, that's old. But it's you didn't see the crappy commercials right. they starred in, and all the things they said yes to because they were desperate, and the things they said no to, and how hard they hustled yeah. before they got their break. But I want it now. Right. And yeah. we sound like I still sound like this. I do not have this figured out, but we sound like a bunch of children who don't understand how good it is just to slow cook a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at, the sa- <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, don't wait on it either. Yeah. Like. We could have sat around for another 10 years wishing that we could make some policy work at Life Church, but we don't have as much time as we think we do. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so you got you to gotta, you work that paradox and understand which side of it you're on based on the season that you're in. And to mm-hmm. kind of wrap it up, someone sent me this message yesterday. They said, I love how you and Chris are. Is it a conscious effort? And I was like, wow. What does that even mean? Like how we are what? <laughs> well, they just, we, you know, being fun together, whatever. And I just thought to myself, what in life it, that is successful is not a conscious effort. Yeah. yeah. Like anything that you want to be successful at, you're going to put conscious effort to. Oh my gosh, babe. We woke up one day. We just had a healthy marriage. No. And they, and just they, my gosh, right babe. It. I woke up Three one kids. day and I just had six packs and huge delts and traps. No, I went to the gym. But let's be honest. We live in the society where people think you can just have it right away. You, you just wake up and it's instant. Yep. And so, I mean, that truly is. That person was wholeheartedly asking me, is it a conscious effort? Yes. Yeah. And it's it's a small thing because every day making those small conscious efforts lead to something big. And yeah. so all of these things that we've talked about today are conscious efforts that we've made with each other and our family and in ministry. Yeah, that's good. Pound it. <laughs> See ya. So cool. Well, I can't wait it. for you guys to put a book out. I don't know what you're working on right now, but for anybody who's listening to this, where can we where can we stay following the saga um, <laughs> of this healthy marriage and of the the what you guys are doing? Not balanced, but integrated work in life and family and ministry. Well, we're on the socials. Uh, Instagram is mostly where we live. Chris Cootie, K U T I. It's the worst possible <laughs> option. We're there again, and then Mary Dot Cootie. Um, you know, we're we're working on a couple things. We've got an EP coming out the first of uh, 2021. Cool. Uh, we're actually going to start working on some recording here in the in the first part of January. So that's coming out. Um, we've got YouTube kind of cooking, and then. Uh, maybe we've kind of toyed with the podcast thing too. And so we're, we've got a lot that we're really, we were kind of just ruminating on as we were kind of on the journey of where we're going to be planted. And then now we're planted and building house and we're going to step into a lot of that stuff. So just follow us on the, on the gram 
and you'll stay posted to all the things. Is there anywhere else? No, that's it. You What's can... your book going to be called? No, our book. Our book. Okay. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy. I'm the kind of guy that's like I'm like the entrepreneur. I'm like, babe, you write a book. You do like a you do like a woman's leadership podcast. I'll do like a uh, creative thing. And she's like, no, let's just do one thing. Let's just do that. And I'm like, oh crap. Buzzkill. <laughs> Got to walk before you can run. We just talked about. We just on. talked about <laughs> it. Ah. <laughs> well, guys, this uh, is, seriously, this has been incredible. Yeah, thank you thank so you guys. much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, dude. It's thank you for asking us, guys, and for trusting us with. You know, I see minutes on your thing as an economy, and thank you for spend uh, allowing us to spend some of your minutes. Yeah. Hopefully, hey, it's guys. wise an investment. And, and also, happy birthday. Dude, thank oh you. Oh my God! Yes, happy birthday! Happy birthday! That's so cool. What is what does that feel like to have a birthday on the thirty first of December? It's it's an interesting birthday to have when you're an Enneagram three because it's like <laughs> the whole world's throwing me a party. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm the man. There's a huge ball that drops for me. The whole world does fireworks. No, oh it's pretty gosh. fun. Like our. Usually. Your birthday is December 18th. Mine's okay. the 31st. Our son's is December 26th. Oh, my gosh. And so we've gotten really good at managing, oh, how do you celebrate Christmas? And then yeah. go the next day to have a birthday. <laughs> we've gotten really good at that. It's just it's just another day, and we're, we're enjoying it. Normally, the last several years, we our oh. big vacation and birthday. And You're going to go like pandemic yeah. sad on me, aren't you? <laughs> Normally, we're on a cruise right now celebrating Christmas, Ooh. birthdays, oh. our parents, our parents, New Year. Our parents are watching the kids at their house in Florida, and we jump on a cruise, it's, and we oh. go on, chunking the deuces. It's our Not anymore. fresh. <laughs> yep. Not this year. Next year. Now we just lock ourselves in a room and right. take on a podcast. <laughs> How do we get that second door? How do I get that second door? How do we get that second door? Hey, yeah. you know, when's, the, when's the lobster bisque coming? Because that's what I some <laughs> We should, we should have we should have ordered something for you. The podcast. We should have ordered some uh, sort of like cake to show up right now uh, at your door next next year. Next, next December thirty first. That's now, what's hopefully happening. we're so. talking to you guys before next year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we enjoyed our time, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, man, I uh, Justin, I really do feel like that is one of you know either top three, top five in, uh, podcast interviews that we have done since we really started the podcast, and uh, just the energy felt really good um, and. More than that, what they had to say, um, you know, there is there's so much uh, that we can miss out on if we are not obedient, if we are not patient, um, if we are not humble enough uh, to see what God might be leading us to, um, even if it, even if it doesn't feel like it could ever happen, um, even if it feels like people are, might be saying like don't do this or, or whatever, you know, you feeling those roadblocks, um, you know, it's it's incredible what can happen uh, when you do wait a little bit when you uh, when you know you actually are obedient to what God has for you. Yeah, Mike, uh, I think it's going to take me a while to fully process this one. I hope that if you're listening and you know somebody who is, you know, dis is, is has that kind of holy discontent, knows they're supposed to be doing something, but the timing's just not there yet, send this podcast to them. Uh, you don't have to um, do anything else for us. You don't have to pay us, but just pass on this story because man, there's just so many times where we rush things and we ruin it. We jump into things before we're supposed to, um, or because it doesn't work smoothly, we give up way too soon. Yeah. And to see these guys chase after this dream of, of being in ministry at the same campus together, 
um, and waiting it out and being obedient while they're at Life Church, um, and then and then being willing to even take a risk and go, hey, we'll leave the biggest church in America, yeah, to uh, to go do this thing that we believe God's calling. And now they're living it together, and it's and it's going great, and they are killing it, and they're doing a lot of great ministry work um, because of it. I'm just super, super encouraged by that story. And I don't yeah. even know if they realize how powerful that is. You know, um, it's funny. I think they're like, we're worship leaders. We're doing our worship. And it's like, there's so such a bigger yeah. you know, story arc to their hearts uh, and what they're doing and how sold out, how sold out they are to following God's will for them um, and being obedient. So super, super uh, encouraged, Mike. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's super cool. You know, I, I, they are just at the beginning of their journey with uh, at their church that they're at right now and uh, make sure to continue to follow along with them through Instagram, um, through their YouTube, all, all their videos that they're releasing, their music that they're putting out. Uh, but, and as long as you're going to, if you're going to follow them, you might as well have, hop on over to healthy church growth uh, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can also get show notes over at healthychurchgrowth.org, and um, you can see all the transcripts there and, and, and a ton more content um, as we continue to uh, release more podcasts. So uh, we would love to continue the conversation with you. Um, we would love for you to share this uh, with as many people as possible as well. So uh, thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Church Growth Podcast, where we believe that healthy things grow and growth means life. <laughs>